Welcome to the driver's seat, wherever you're listening around this big brown land. My name is Nims Azor, joined as always by, well, I was going to say Matt McKeldin, uh, but uh, he's currently indisposed at the moment. I'm hoping, hoping and praying that Stevie, yes, Stevie J is right there. Of course he is. How are you, bud? Good, thank you, mate. <laughs> as you know, so it's, um, we are counting down towards the bend and a big thank you to Cohen too, who did a f- tremendous job to let Stevie J into the building because uh, Matty Mack is currently in New Zealand at the moment. I mean, the cheek of the man, eh, Steve? Mate, I tell you what, he's uh, he is living life there. He's dining where the Queen would only dine tonight. Did you see that photo? <laughs> I did. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Ridiculous. So uh, I hope he's having a good time, him and, him and the big H. And uh, I think it's the first time they've been away solely together since their honeymoon. So yeah, correct. Long awaited. So uh, we'll, um, no doubt. We're going we gonna, to uh, touch base with Maddie tonight? Nims? We will. We will uh, interrupt his dinner plans and get in touch with him very shortly <laughs> here on the driver's seat. But first, we do have to get to our feature interview because as we head towards the bend this weekend, it is going to be a bit of a milestone. But this is what happened the first time this gentleman went to the bend. Bryce Paul gets a podium as a rookie, and they are loving it at Montreal United. That's fantastic, isn't it? What a moment for Bryce Fullwood. First podium for him in supercar competition and earned every millimetre of it, absolutely. Making his first appearance on the podium, here's Bryce Fullwood. What an absolute killer moment, I could tell you that, for the a young bloke uh, back, well, it's almost, uh, how long ago was that? that was 2020, so three years ago, yeah. It seems like a tremendous while ago, but he's joined us here on the driver's seat. Please welcome, from Brad Jones Racing, the one and only Bryce Forwards. Hey, everybody. How are you? <laughs> hey, good, Bryce. Good, mate. Hey, um, congrats, 50 50 races or supercars round starts coming up as we head to the bend, mate. That's uh that's a milestone. I mean, that's that's round starts, not race starts. So God knows how many race starts you've done. <laughs> yeah, it's um it's it's been a ride, that's for sure. You know, it's one of those numbers you don't you don't really keep track of this sort of stuff and I didn't even know myself to be honest until until only a week ago. And, um <laughs> but yeah, look, obviously it's it's been a hell of a ride and um I hope there's many more to come. Yeah, Bryce, we talk, just listening back to that uh, that sort of highlights, I mean, that was in your rookie year, that uh, that, that race win, at, uh, sorry, that podium at the bend. And, you know, rookie seasons are normally very, very tough. And we've seen how, you know, guys like former, even former Super 2 champions, like, you know, Thomas Randall and uh, Todd Hazelwood have, you know, really been making, it, it takes a while to make big splashes in the main game. But you, won't you do it, I mean, does that moment still? Do you still go back and pinch yourself and sort of think like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I actually did that." Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, that was such a weird time for our sport. Obviously, we were 
you know, straight into COVID there. And, um, you know, for me at that point, I was living in Melbourne, had no family there. And so we were on the road for, for three months. And for me, you know, I actually love going racing. I had nothing really keeping me in Melbourne. And we had a lot of people that were really struggling being away from home for that long. But for me, it was like a dream come true. It was just three months of flat out going racing. And um, so it was absolutely awesome. But, you know, that was a really, really weird race. We obviously, we had a lot of tyre failures and there was a lot happening. But, you know, it was, it was, it was still one of my, obviously my favourite race to date. And, um, you know, an incredible moment for us and, and, and for me. And it's a real pinch yourself moment because, you know, I've, like a lot of people, I suppose, growing up watching supercars and, and dreaming to be on the podium and, um, you know, to be on it was, uh, was incredible. And, you know, the work certainly hasn't stopped to, to get back on there, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, speaking about that, uh, good point. Nimsy's, Nimsy gives us this sheet with your finishes for the year and, and highlights the top tens in green, right? So anything outside the top tens not highlighted. So the start of the year, there's not much highlighted. But coming in from Tasmania down to Darwin, Townsville and Sydney, man, everything is highlighted. So you must be doing something good there. You must be working well with Andre. Andre's doing a fantastic job. Obviously, Phil Keyes, your engineer. We've no Phil from FPR, from DJR. So something's obviously clicking there now, mate. And um, and you guys are really starting to become a constant top 10 and top 5 uh, finishing car. Yeah, it's... Um... Yeah, it's been awesome, and and you know I think this new this new car was really exciting for me and for Phil because you know we were a new pair a new pairing for last year, and you know you're up against people who have you know like look at someone like Shane who'd been driving that car that same car for five or six years or maybe more. Um, it's pretty tough to go up against people who have had the same car for a really long time, and so we really look forward to Gen Three as a as a really good leveler to be like. It's a new car for everybody. No one has engineered it before, and it's a good opportunity for us to, to try and capitalise. And we, I, I feel like, you know, Phil has been awesome. Like, I have learnt so much from Phil. And, you know, we had a really, really positive test before Darwin, just after Tassie. And I feel like we answered a lot of our questions. And to be honest with you, it was probably the best test day I've actually ever had in motor racing. And I feel like, which is weird to say, right? Because sometimes you have... You, sometimes you have really good test days at Winston and then you go to the next race meeting and you go like you go like a busted ass and you throw everything that you thought you learnt in the toilet pretty much. Um, but for us, luckily, it wasn't it wasn't like that. And, you know, moving forward from that point on, you know, we've been going pretty strong. You know, there's been a lot of talk about the Camaro and the car and this and that, but uh, when you actually put it down to the facts you're still ahead of a lot of other drivers, even in Camaras. Like you're, you're in, in the championship in terms of points. You're ahead of guys like Mark Winterbottom and Tim Slade, you know, guys that have gone, that have got race wins, uh, James Golding, Scotty Pye, uh, Cameron Hill. So, so really it's, it's also a, a big part of it. Well, I'd say a lot of it comes down to your skill, especially when you compare it to the other guys like that. Uh, you've got a fair bit of history with Andre Heimgartner too. I mean, you know, you both uh, were, were co-drivers together when he was at Kelly racing back in the day. And he seems to be on an absolute tear at the moment. Like, how's that relationship going on on that side of the garage? Because they're third in the championship, aren't they, Stevie? Like, in the teams? Yeah, yeah behind, they are third in the teams. Yeah, correct. Behind Triple Eight and um, and Erebus. So, you know, and those two are just going blow for blow at each other. So, you and Andre must be doing something right. Yeah, I mean, it's been awesome to work with Andre. You know, I, 
you know, he, he's a guy who worked extremely hard and, um, you know, he's worked really hard for a long time and I feel like he's just really starting to hit his straps and, and really starting to enjoy the fruits of all, you know, working hard for a long time. And so he's a really good role model as a teammate as well. Um, but, you know, he and I work really well together. You know, um, we struggled a lot on our side last year and we sort of, you know, I've even spoken to him, spoken to him in, about this just recently in how when, you know, we co-drove together, we both liked a lot of the same things and we were both able to make it work. Last year, it sort of didn't quite work for me. I felt like I put a lot of effort in and, and really got nothing out. But this this point moving forward now, we're both driving pretty much the same package. And, um, you know, we're both really being able to, to add to that and really feed off each other. And, you know, it's working really well, you know, for, for me to be a lot more competitive, helping Andre a lot more and, and his information becoming a lot more relevant to me. So... It's been really good to work with him and, you know, I feel like we're really starting to get somewhere with the cars and, um, yeah, it's been really good. So, so what, mate, what for you now, obviously new car, um, second year with your engineer, start everything's starting to click. What is the goal for you? I mean, you're sitting well in the, well inside the top 10 and ninth in the championship at the moment. Um, you're coming off some cracking results of a bunch of fifths and eighths and, and, and you know, the last... I think six out of seven top tens. So, and the and, and the one that wasn't a top ten was an eleventh. So, um, what's the year look like for you to be a success? You know, to really be happy with what you've done. I know ninth's not going to be it. Where's your goal? What are you What are you aiming for? I mean, I think you know, I'm I'm certainly not quick to forget where we were six months ago. Yeah. Um, you know, we're really, really struggling, and so you know, I'm certainly not quick to forget that, but. You know, my goal for the year was to just convert top 10s. And I feel like if you can convert top 10s, then on a good day, you know, you you can be on the back part of the podium. Um, you know, and so that's really my goal, to just keep pumping out top 10s. And if I can keep doing that, slowly chipping our way, you know, from, you know, we've had a few fifths and eights and that kind of stuff. And if we can move those up to, you know, to, you know, sort of thirds and thirds and you know, sixes and all those kinds of things and just slowly keep chipping our way forward, um, you know, that's that'll be awesome for us. We're certainly there's no under no illusion that it's, there's a lot more hard work to go. But um, you know, we're we're certainly gonna continue on working and you know, it's like I said, it's it's been awesome fun so far, but we're uh, we're definitely not happy as <laughs> you know what it's like, you're never happy. You're always always wanting more, but we just don't want to get too ahead of ourselves just yet. Well, one of the biggest obstacles you have to get on the podium is a, a, a guy in a RJ Batteries Camaro that seems to be hogging up all the podium spots uh, that happens to share a garage with you. So um, that might be that might be uh, beating your teammates. One of the, the big things you might want to be doing first. <laughs> yes, definitely. I mean, I I got a podium at the start of the year and unfortunately didn't get to hold the trophy. So I've just got to get some more. But um, yeah, he's had a lot of podiums this year, and you know he's he's going awesome, and it's great for our team. So I've definitely got a Try and uh, try and stay in front of him because if, if I'm in front of him, I'm almost guaranteed a podium. Right? <laughs> hey, mate, uh, I do want to just touch on obviously the enduros quickly. This is the last sprint round before we get into the enduros. Um, probably a two-part question here, mate. Um, first of all, Sandown's back. Uh, I think it's great. I think it's it's it was sorely missed, and we really need it for not only uh, the teams to get their head around you know, the new car, pit stops, the whole stop, even though we've been doing them through the year, 
but also, you know, for the co-drivers as well. Um, I think that's, you know, really, really important to, to give them some proper race miles rather than testing miles, um, you know, before you get into the big one at Bathurst. I mean, are you happy to be back at Sandown? Absolutely. I mean, Sandown, growing up, Sandown's always been an enduro. And to, to sort of change that, to go back to a sprint round, it, it, it felt really empty, to be honest. It sort of really, you know, that, that round's been, a, you know, an enduro round, and that really the DNA of that event. And so I feel like it's awesome to be back for this year. I'm really looking forward to that. But to your point also, you know, now a lot of the co-drivers really haven't done a lot of laps in these cars. And you've got to remember, looking through the list of co-drivers, a lot of those co-drivers have actually done quite a lot of miles in our old car. And so they didn't really need a lot of miles because they could just jump in and go. Well, now this, this thing's pretty different. And uh, they're going to they're have to do things a little bit more different. And so they're going to have to do quite a lot of laps. I mean, I think it's important that they get a lot of laps at Sandown. But I think probably the more important thing is we haven't done that many miles on the race cars yet in one race. And, you know, we're, we're, there's definitely a few little reliability issues creeping in um up and down the field and i'd really love to do a long race before bathurst to to find any weak links because i'd hate to be out of the race at bathurst because of a mechanical issue yeah do you th- do you think the rate of attrition is going to be higher this year than in previous years with obviously the the oldest uh, gen car being so developed and, and so bulletproof do you think do you think we're going to see a few more mechanicals this year um with this new car I mean, I, I think so. Unfortunately, I mean, the old car was so well developed. Um, we'd run it for a long time. We knew that thing inside out, back to front. I mean, you got to remember when that car came in, the very first race at Adelaide, only half the race finished because the gearbox failed in all the cars, if you remember. Yeah. So, you know, this car has done a pretty good job for the first year. Like, let's be honest, we really haven't had too many failures. But, you know, we, we've definitely had some failures. I mean, we had a rack failure in Andre's car last race. We had two yeah. rack failures, actually, in, in, in his car. Um, you know, and that, that's one of them things. I, I know that there's a lot of teams up and down the lane having similar issues. I mean, Bathurst is, is quite, quite a lot longer race than, you know, like that one race is longer than our whole race weekend normally. So I just don't know. I, I feel like we might run into some issues that we haven't seen before. and I really hope that's not the case, yeah. but it's going to be a hard one not to, not to expect it, I think. Yeah, I think I think looking at it, the the current car has uh, some parts or quite a few parts that are, I guess, carried over from the old car with regard to the gearbox and all that sort of stuff. The rack wasn't one of them, and that is does seem to be the the point at the moment, the weak point of the car, or one of. Um, the engines seem to be pretty good. Um, that's obviously another big change. So you know, I think that um, hopefully before Sandown and especially before Bathurst. Um, you certainly, you certainly don't want to have a bloody rack failure at Bathurst, that's for sure. But, um, but looking at co-drivers just quickly, I know you got to go, mate. But uh, Fonzie, D- Dino Fiore, back <laughs> with you again. Uh, he's the only bloke I know that actually races in loafers. So uh, <laughs> 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 uh, he's a very stylish man, the Fonz. Um, massive amount of experience, mate. Used to be my teammate, a ripper bloke. Very good at what he does. Um, you know, I think with this new car, having someone with that, that sort of experience, I think is going to be an advantage. Yeah, like, I, honestly, Dino is awesome. Um, you know, I think one of the most important roles as a co-driver is to is to really fit into the team well, um, you know, and be, 
you know, and really try and help and lift everybody. And Dino's absolutely awesome at that. He's incredible. And, you know, fortunately, um, fortunately, the, the deal's been done for a long time with Dino. And so we've actually had him in the car quite a bit. Um, he's done quite a few laps in the car. And I feel like we're, we're, we're pretty well up the road. I feel like he probably has, a, you know, quite a few laps compared to some, um, which is going to be awesome. And honestly, he did really well in the car. Like, I was really stoked, um, really stoked with how he was going. And I think, you know, one of the awesome things about Dino, he's, you know, I suppose all the time in the car shows. But, you know, last year there were some times where he really wasn't that stoked with the car. And so he just didn't push. You know, I guess he's in a different... Um, you know, part of his career where his name doesn't need to be at the top of the leaderboard and he doesn't need to put the thing in the fence trying. And mm-hmm. so it, when he wasn't happy, he just didn't press on and, you know, save the car. And, and then in the race, when he needed to press on, he did. And he did a wicked job. Um, you know, he missed all of the crashes. Unfortunately, we didn't qualify that well in the wet there last year. And I think he made 12 spots before I jumped in. So really, there's no one else I'd, I'd want to share the car with. Well, we look forward to it. But first, we've got the uh, eyes forward to the bend. But uh, uh, Bryce, we'll let you go, mate, because we know that uh, you've got a couple of commitments that you've kindly taken some time out for you. But uh, just uh, on a completely unrelated note, if you are looking for an electrician or anything like that, uh, Midi's is Australia's leading independent electrical wholesaler. <laughs> and they're also proud to be 100% Australian, family-owned and independent since 1928 with over 100 branches um, uh, nationwide. But uh, I'm sure you could tell us a bit more about that, eh, Bryce? <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm actually at a midis function right now as we speak in Adelaide. Um, so, yes, no, midis are a great, great company and, um, you know, they're making massive waves within the electrical industry and super lucky to have had their support for over 10 years now. Um, so, no, awesome, awesome family. Well, um, mate, we look forward to see what you can do at the band this weekend and in the Enduros, but uh, we'll let you go and thanks so much for joining us on the driver's seat. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Here we go. Bryce Fullwood joining us on the driver's seat. Uh, Steve, we've got a couple of texts coming, uh, actually, even though the Matillas seem to be the big thing at the moment. We have, mate. We have. We, we, do you want to read them out before we go to the break? Or what's the... Just, it's with Maddie not here. Like, Maddie usually jumps on these things. So I don't know. I don't know what he wants. I, I just got a photo from his lovely wife, Helen, actually. And <laughs> oh, he's no. sitting around. He's <laughs> sitting around uh, on a lounge in front of a fire... Uh, and Helen just goes, he's ready to go. I'm like, yeah, he's ready to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's in NZ at the moment. So, of course, of course, uh, they are two hours in front of us. So it's about 10.18. So, you know what, we'll, we'll clear ourselves a break because we've got a lot to talk about. Big, big bombshells. Well, not too big of a bombshells. Could you call it a bombshell <laughs> if everyone was expecting it? Well, yes, you, you can call it a very... Uh, uncontrolled bombshell. <laughs> An uncontrolled <laughs> bombshell was dropped by Triple Eight uh, before we got on air. But uh, we will take a quick break. Back with more of the driver's seat. If you want to be part of the show, very easy to do so. Keep your text messages coming in. 0433 That's from Frank and Fakatani. But we will be crossing to, I don't know which part of New Zealand Maddie's in, but uh, we'll chat to him in just a moment right here on the driver's seat. <laughs> is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. 
Great to have your company wherever you're listening around the planet here on the driver's seat. If you'd like to get in touch, it is very easy to do so. Text in 0433 98 11 16 is the number. Great to see uh, so many texts. Well, we don't have as many texts as we do normally, but that's understandable with uh, one of the biggest soccer matches happening at the moment. But a couple have come through from uh, a couple of our mates here. We've got from Greg. Uh, let's Actually, no, this is from Mark and Merrygum. Let's talk Calder Park. Can it make it back on the supercars calendar? Night racing would be awesome. If not, what about Speed Series Underlight for the Touring Car Masters? Dream big and bring back the Thunderdome. Did you ever have a crack at the Thunderdome, Stevie? No, I never I never went around the Thunderdome. I, I was there. Yeah. Uh, the old man went around there. He raced uh, NASCAR there with Alan Grice and quite a lot of the, uh, uh, the Americans that came over yep. uh, at the end of their season, which was quite cool, but never got... A chance to race around it, got a chance to drive around it, but not race. Yeah, and obviously, and famously too, you've also got a win there at Calder Park too, so there's probably some good memories for you there on uh, on the old uh, touring car slash uh, supercars history. Yep, absolutely. It's uh, uh, one of those tracks where I remember filling in for the old man going well. I remember winning uh, some races there and, and finishing second in the... Um, uh, in the touring car championship round there, um, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, was behind Paul Morris though, which was a bit of a downer. But uh, but anyway, <laughs> but it was just very cool. I remember actually racing my one and only open wheeler race in a Formula Holden back in the day uh, at Calder Park. So um, uh, very interesting. It was very interesting. Very cool to see it come back on, on uh, with a bit of racing there too. Uh, those pictures Absolutely. just look really, it looked like going back in time. Uh, another one, Brendo from Brizzo. Good to have you on board, Brendo. Hey team, I know I've raised this kind of thing before and I bloody love the Gears and NASCAR story. Can't wait to watch him next year. But shouldn't supercars be worried about how much airtime it's getting? Say for Will Brown going to T8, there's not a lot more newsworthy going on in supercars since the last race, mate. Seven months ago, or however long it was. <laughs> supercars is silent. Uh, other than these things, there's got to be more content with the shows on KO, but YouTube videos, Facebook videos, I don't know, always seems lacking. It doesn't help too yeah. when the biggest bit of content comes out from Dale Earnhardt's podcast where like, uh, Brendo's got a bit of a point there, don't you reckon, Steve? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, there is a bit of uh, lack of content in between um, race meetings. I know Airtime Media um, do a lot, which is which is Neil Crompton's uh, one of Neil Crompton's businesses there. They do some great work with, uh, you know, interviews, um, storylines, um, you know, so it's, it's... Little pieces and stuff like that, yeah. Little pieces, yeah, and that's what we need. Well, I think we need to see more of the drivers and even more of the teams and what they're doing outside of, of supercars. Maybe do some more Larco segments where he goes to the, the race shops of each team um, to just see how they operate and, and show the people what it looks like from a from a home base perspective, um, you know, a lot of stuff that people don't see is quite interesting and, and it'd be cool to, uh, to get a bit more of that on the box so that, um, people can understand, you know, what every team deals with, you know, I think Brad Jones does a great job on online on job. YouTube and stuff with, uh, with bits and pieces. So, um, you know, we need more of that sort of stuff from the teams internally. Hundred percent. Uh, we're getting a couple more texts in, but you know what? I I know for a fact that uh, there is a man that even though he's in New Zealand at the moment with his lovely wife, he's chomping at the bit because these texts are coming through with some very very juicy gears. So let's cross over to NZ across the Tasman and chat to our very own Matthew McKeldin. Welcome to the driver's seat for one of the, your few times away from the studio, the one and only Matty Mack. 
Uh, Kiara boys from the Waikato region of New Zealand, and I can assure you that it is absolutely bloody freezing here, but spectacular. And uh, as much as I'm not there tonight and I'm missing you all, I'm actually very happy to be here also. <laughs> I don't doubt that. But, uh, hey, look, Matty, we, there's been a, a fair bit of news. But first, I'll, uh, Pete from Cranman's gone and texted in with a bit with a bit of news. He wants to know, because I know that this is something that, that you've been a b- bit vocal about on our socials, but we haven't actually addressed it on air. Uh, what are your thoughts about the recent uh, news about potential outside interest in two of Tickford's TRCs? Any chance of this coming to fruition? You're pretty good with this sort of mail, Matty. Well, as far as I've heard, that uh, I mean, I I think the Tickford is certainly going to downsize down to two cars. The bigger question is what happens then to the other two uh, charters. And there's even been some recent news in the last 24, 48 hours that uh, they, as much as one was mooted to be going to the Blanchard racing team to expand their get up to, to two cars, uh, there's now apparently some kind of outside interest that might be looking at uh, one of the one of the racing charters as well. Don't know who it would be. I don't know whether Stevie J's been uh, hearing any about that sort of stuff. But yeah, I mean, you know, on the face of it, boys, I don't like I don't like the fact that we're talking about scaling down. I would prefer to be scaling up, but I also understand the business side of all that sort of stuff. But Stevie J, I think the biggest thing there also is just going to play a bit of havoc with what's already a pretty volatile driver's market, don't you reckon? Yeah, mate. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's going to throw, well, you know, the move with Will Brown as as and, and SVG is uh, has really sparked a bit of uh, driver movement. You know, with with things like you know Jack McBrock being maybe taunted to to replace Will, and um, yep. you know, there's also other stuff outside of that too. I mean, there's there's been rumours and talk that uh, the Shahins are arrowing in to try to uh, to buy supercars, the whole kit and caboodle. So, I mean, who knows what we're going to see in the next 12 to 24 months. That was that was really interesting because we spoke mm. about that last week on the show when you were over there. At, what is it now? Is it Shell, Shell V Power Motorsport Park? Park yep. Yep. There you go. Uh, we spoke about that. I don't know whether you got to got the Stevie scoop on the go and, and tried to dig anything up, but um, uh, I spoke to a couple of people off line as well and they were they were pretty cold on the idea they didn't think that that the current race consortium would sell but as i know gentlemen everything in life has a price and if the price is right um things can get sold so it'll be interesting this weekend down at tail and bend whether that's a a bit of a talking point and a discussion Mm. point because i mean the shahins have got plenty of wedge stevie j so they could probably afford it and i and i know that they were part of the initial discussions when supercars was on the market, which ultimately ended up in the hands of race. But I know the Shahins also put forward a, a, a bit of a plan for them. It just wasn't accepted at that stage. Well, I mean, in the end, uh, we've seen the, the reason that uh, the Benders uh, Shell V Power Motorsport Park is uh, obviously the massive deal that they did with Viva uh, for... Who's the parent company uh, of Shell, just in case... Exactly, parent company yep. of Shell, correct. Um, and that's, um, you know, to take over all of their, the Shahins. Yeah, the um, OTRs. OTRs. Um, yeah, exactly. Mm. So, I mean, there's a lot, lot going on. There's a there's a lot of zeros, Matty, being thrown around that you and I will never, ever see in our life. <laughs> 
The only uh, time I'm going to see zeros like that, boys, is when I get the bill for the end of this holiday, I reckon. There'll be a few <laughs> zeros on the, on the back end of the invoice for this one. <laughs> Matty, I want to quickly ask you, because so obviously now now the musical chairs are in full effect at the moment. We've got that free seat at Erebus. We've got JLB that's been linked. And as, as Stevie pointed out, heavily rumoured. You'd have to say the Vegas odds are on JLB. But I'm also, there's also been a bit of rumor and innuendo because obviously Erebus is big with promoting young talent and, you know, oh. getting getting new names in. I mean, they did it with Anton, they did it with Will and Brody Kostecki. Um, Cooper Murray is a name that's been floated around. Do you reckon that uh, that they'd take a gamble on a junior burger? Again? Look, I do. Um, I really do. And in fact, Cooper Murray, I think, was Stevie J's pick for winning Super 2 this year. We've seen him in Porsche before. I mean, the kid's like uber talented, right? So, um I think one of the one of the great problems that Erebus has got this year is that they're basically one two in the championship, aren't they? So um, that's and that's a really hard thing to manage. I, I I reckon Baz and the crew there with Brody as the as the guy on point. I don't I don't think that they would be. Uh, I, I reckon they'd really look at young Cooper if he's in the mix to get in there. Yep, you know, drag a young bloke up. But I also reckon they're getting the tissues with their drivers getting sort of usurped out of those teams. Like, you remember ADP a couple of years ago bouncing out of Erebus and going across to Shell V Power. Now they've lost Will Brown over to Triple Eight. Yeah, I think they get a young bloke in there. They put him on a two or three year contract and try and build him up. From there, meanwhile, focusing uh, a lot on Brody Kostecki. Mm. How do you reckon Baz would be feeling, Matty? I mean, do you reckon he? Do you reckon he now knows what Gary Rogers felt like? <laughs> <laughs> I reckon he knows. I reckon he knows um, that the validity of a contract these days is absolute garbage, uh, because you know, will we've seen Triple Eight. We've seen Shane be released from Triple Eight to go overseas. We've seen Will released to go across to Triple Eight. I mean, the contracts in motorsport mean absolutely nothing. Um, look, I, I think he would be. It's an interesting dynamic, isn't it? Because Betty has a very strong attitude. If you don't want to be with us, see you, mate. You can go. Um, I think Barry uh, and his team, who do a lot of the day-to-day hard work, I, I don't think he could help but be a little bit annoyed that that Will's walked out the door to go to Triple Eight. Um, I know that if I was running a team, that would drive me a little bit nutso, uh, especially on the back of ADP going across as well. Yeah, it does seem a little mm. bit like that too. Well, what about uh, when you when you have a look at the... Then that means... So let's just say JLB goes. Uh, you've got a vacancy at, at, um, at MSR. Now, Cam Hill's probably... He's out of contract, but there's a good chance that he'll probably uh, stick around. You've also got on the open market at the end of this year, Todd Hazelwood, Nick Perkett, and Scotty Pye. There, there's just so much that's going to be happening. But And and then that, that's not even going into the quote-unquote big big money teams like Grove Racing. They're another team with a possible vacancy because Davey Reynolds has been linked to Team 18. They're gonna, there's been talk about do they do like a Lee Holdsworth deal with uh, mm. with someone like JC? Yeah, and get him mm. get him on board. If Davey leaves, does he take Penrite with him? Like, there's just so many different little bits and pieces, aren't there? Well, as I understand it, I think um, with Davey Reynolds going across to T18, um, I think 
the the good oil is that yes, the Penrite money is going to go there. And if Courtney, if if Tickford do roll back to two cars, I think Courtney will be uh, that'll affect Courtney quite badly. And I think Courtney will potentially, as you say, go across to Grove for one year with the Snowy River money. I think they're quite loyal to to JC rather than to Tickford. So. Um, uh, that then you then have to ask the question: What happens with the other car at Grove? Will that just be a Grove car, or maybe step up one of their other partners? So there is a lot to to go through here. And then, as you say, the MSR seat—you know—that's going to be a good seat, Stevie J. Like they've they've had a really good year. JLB's had mm. some pole positions. Cam Hill's done some solid work as well. Led some laps, particularly up in Darwin. You know they that, that's got to be a seat where 18 months ago, you probably would have gone, oh, you know, maybe I'll start my career at MSR, but it's not where I want to stay for too long. But now MSR, and you and I called it about 12 months ago that they were building beautifully. That That's, to me, CBJ, looking like half a plum seat. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's looking like a, definitely a much better option than it has done in the last couple. That's for sure. You know, they've, they've really started to lift their game there. Um, the car's fast, clearly. Both cars are fast. They're really starting. You know, Paul Fulgi's there now. He's doing a great job uh, there as long as uh, with all the other team as well, mind you. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, as a, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to end up being a powerhouse team, you know, but they're getting the results. Not so much week in and week out, but they're getting some really, really good results and more frequent than they did or they have in the last couple of years. So, yeah, yeah, you know, it's definitely not a seat that you go, oh, why are you going there? Which we've done in the past, you know, let's be be honest. Um, But uh, because sometimes you go, well, just having a seat full-time is better than not having a seat full-time. But that's not one of those teams anymore. You know, you can literally go there and um, and be confident that you're going to be well inside the top 10. In fact, if I'm a young driver... And there's an opportunity, say, at WAU, because we think that Nick Perkett's going to be moved. If I've got an opportunity, I've got two teams that are looking at me, a WAU and an MSR, regardless of the Chev and the Ford thing, I'm, I'm having a serious discussion here with my management group about would MSR be a better option than to go up against Chaz at WAU. That's where I think yep. MSR have positioned themselves now they're having they're having a cracky year, or you know all the boys Al Bai and Matty and all the guys there. They've done a ripping job in the off season, and uh, yes, I know they're with the Camaro, and I know it's a bit of a Camaro Cup. But uh, I, 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 as you say, with Paul Forgy and the rest of the team there, I think they're doing a cracking job. So it'll be interesting to see what happens if Nick does get moved and if JLB does sign on with Erebus. Uh, Matty, we've got a we've got a text in from Mo in Warrigal here. He says he wanted to get some thoughts on whether you think the parody war and comments from SVG putting the category down for the show will affect the attendance at Bathurst. Now, in case you haven't heard what SVG has to say, now he was on a podcast with uh, Dale Earnhardt in um, before. Oh. Um, so here's what he had to say because I, I won't try and paraphrase it. Here's his direct quote: "It has been a bit of a struggle there with the way the series is at the moment." We're- it's not as enjoyable, so... What's uh, going on? Yeah, what? Just the new car and stuff, and there's so much background. What's different about the car? Uh, they changed it, a whole new chassis and concept, yep. and everyone's the same, same parts. It's very similar to here. Like yeah, it sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like a Cup Series. <laughs> yeah, delayed, but um, 
But um, yeah, like the qualifying there is awesome, but the racing sucks. It's so boring. I come here and like the race is just a hustle the whole time. You're just driving flat out, and that's what I love. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you reckon that's a big backhand of one M scape? Maybe, maybe in his contract. Maybe in his contract, uh, it's like, well, I was in a different country when I said that, so you can't touch me. <laughs> Oh, he's tipped the bucket hard there, hasn't he? Like, oh. I mean, he's, he's, that is almost um, seven or eight months of built-up frustration. And um, oh, that's all right. I'm on, I'm on Junior's podcast. What's the worst that could happen? Here we go. <laughs> Bang, and he throws it over. Um, hey, but he's not wrong, right? And, and Mo, the, the answer to your question is, it's a, bit, it's a bit of a difficult one because the cars are now so close that, um, that as he, as SVG said, all the parts are the same and all that kind of stuff. So when you rag a car for one lap and the tyres are in mint condition and all that kind of stuff, they look super, super close. But when they're a tenth of a second away per lap, when you extrapolate that out, out over 30 laps, that might be three or four or five seconds you're down the road if you're in a Mustang. But how do you get that one-tenth of a second per lap dialed into both of the cars to be absolutely equal. As we said a couple of weeks ago, Stevie J, when there was significant differences, you could throw big changes at these things and they would make a significant difference in in the parity. Now they're so tight, we're looking for tenths of a second per lap to try and make these things equalise. And I reckon that's going to be really hard. But SVG certainly did, I think, tell the tale of a what he's thinking and b what a bunch of the other drivers are thinking too yeah 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 it's interesting it's it's really i mean we saw a bit of frustration with with cam waters at, at sydney you know over the radio with that with that five second penalty so um you can see it's creeping in there and then you see you know there's more media reports coming out saying oh you know some drivers are divided over what cam says some agree some don't agree well to be honest some that don't agree are really just trying to protect themselves within the category, yeah, yeah. if you ask me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, you know, I can't speak from experience. I'm only going off what I've heard and what I've been told and what, have, what you know, a lot of you guys and a lot of our listeners and, and a lot of the fans are listening to. I mean, mm. you know, it's been, it's just been handled really bad. And I think that with the product, I think is great. There's, you know, I, I love the look of the cars and, and the sound of the cars and all that. There's, there's, there's obviously some performance stuff we need to fix. And we know that the team has been working their absolute backsides off. There's got nothing absolutely. to do with nothing to do with that. It's just no. like they're being no. really let down because. And, and you're right, Steve. Like uh, we just listen to the fans. I mean, we we've had, and I know this for a fact. Like just looking uh, at our correspondence that we get on our socials on on. SEN, you know, the radio station that hosts mm. us, where people wanted to know more about Brody Kostecki because they heard that he's going to NASCAR as well to take on SVG. And that, and when you have to educate people like the layman, you know, because a prime example is you look at the World Cup that's happening right now. Everyone's on board with the Matildas. No one cared about women's mm. soccer beforehand, but everyone mm. bought in because they pushed it. They were saying, here are your stars, here are your, your Courtney Vines, here's Mackenzie Arnold. These are the people you should care about. The fact that people have to ask, oh, so who, Brody Kostecki, tell us a bit about him. He's the series champion, mm. uh, the, the leader right now, and has been for leader. about 11, uh, for almost eight months. And no one's bigging that up. It's weird, isn't mm. it? There is a lot of, um, 
there are. I tell you what, I hope we that happens out of this whole Shane Van Gisbergen and Brody Kostecki NASCAR supercar parody, all that kind of stuff. We saw on the weekend that Shane Howard and that a bunch of the big wigs from supercars were over at Indianapolis to take a good look at what's going on over there. I tell you what, I just hope they've learned a lot. <laughs> I hope they've learned a lot about their drivers. Uh, the NASCAR drivers, the IndyCar drivers, and how NASCAR promote them and push them as the stars of the show and enable them to race. One of the things I, I really struggle with, Stevie J, at the moment is how cleansed our sport is. When I watched that road course race from Indy the other day, you know, the boys were track limits. What track limits? Those things were going off, you know, at runoff areas, two and three and four metres off the track. They were turning each other around and there was no penalties and they just have at it. And I really enjoyed that. So I hope supercars have gone over and learnt some things. Um, and, and so that when we get to the end of this year and we do a debrief of what the year looked like, we can make some big changes for 24. I don't think we're going to see big changes for this year, but hopefully we'll see it from 24 from some of the lessons we're all learning. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if he got a bit of a chat too over there. From the big wigs after that, uh, <laughs> after that Dale Earnhardt Junior podcast, he, he just saw well, this giant beak come into the uh, trackhouse garage. Be like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you what, if if they had the audacity to stick their melons into the back of the uh, of the transporter there and say, "Oi, listen, we just heard what you said on that podcast," he'd say, "I would hope that he would say, fellas." I am no longer part of your championship as of 2024. Go your hardest in 2023. I am checked out because of that kind of crap and that kind of discussion. I am outski. Do as you will. Go your hardest, son. In, in the way. Go ahead, Sorry, I was just going to say, Nims, after that, I mean, after hearing that and, and no doubt, no doubt he would have been sent it straight away. I mean, what do you reckon? What do you reckon he would have said? Oh, I reckon he probably would have got a bit of this. Tell you what, I'm just about over this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. Correct. Do you reckon Scaife would have even stuck his melon into the back of the uh, of the of the trackhouse racing transporter? He would have sniffed around. Was he over there? Was he there? Oh, I no, I, I shouldn't. I don't know. I don't know where the scale. I know Shane Howard was over there. Yeah. And given that Scase um, got his mitts into the race pro into the race consortium, I reckon he probably would have gone over as well. Um, I know that Haystead, I believe, was over there as well, um, uh, and a few other folk. And I, yeah, I, I, I tell you, who'd be really interesting to speak to about that whole media type experience is Chad Nalon, because yep. Chad was over there too, covering. Uh, Brody's journey, yeah. Brody Kostecki. Yep. And, I, and, and it will be really interesting, and maybe we can organise that and try and organise it for next week's show to get Chadler on and say, mate, what was it like? What were the differences? Now, I'd hope that we get an independent view, although he is, he is employed by uh, Airtime Media to commentate on the supercars. But uh, I'd be really interested in that, um, in that sort of thought from him because it's a bloody big show. And, I, you know, I watched it uh, Monday morning before I got on the plane, and I think, for Shane to get a top 10 and for Brody to start from the rear and come in at 22nd after a, a chassis change and all that sort of stuff. What an amazing effort from both of the boys. That was incredible with no testing either. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Yeah.
Now, Stevie, you know you know Shane better than me and Maddie. Did you when you saw him doing those interviews, like after the race and even after the truck series, it, mm. it it looked like he was having a ball. It looks like he's literally having the time of his life, and it's something that you know I know that a lot of people think that he's really prickly when it comes to stuff like that. But we know personally as well too from having dealt with him on the show, and you'd know it a bit more than others that he's actually he's a really good dude that gets a very bad rap. And a beat up from you know the press that should actually be there championing him, but it it looks like he's 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 finally found where he belongs almost, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it is. I mean, he loves it. He he loves the challenge, and you know, in the end, the reason that people don't like Shane is a that some of them probably don't like his aggressiveness on the track sometimes, um, but other people are like that. Um, you don't hear too much about that. You know, Brody's like that, has been. Yep. You know, don't forget when Brody wasn't a full-time guy, how aggressive he was at, at Bathurst. He gets a driver. Yeah. You know, arguably and, and, got him the drive, Stevie J. And arguably, arguably got, got him the drive, drive, you know. I mean, that, that, was a, that was a situation where he literally forced Jamie Winkup to make that mistake and go into the fence himself, you know, um, the seven-time champ. So, you know, oh. I think that um, he does get a bit of a bad rap a lot of the time. A lot of our listeners and a lot of the fans at the track will not see the Shane that, that I see and his mates see. Um, you know, there's no, no secret. I mean, Shane hates doing media. He yep. hates talking to yep. the media. Um, so you don't see Shane when he's in front of a camera because he doesn't actually want to be there. Yeah. Um, so he gives them very, very little. He gives them not much. He probably gives us when he's on the show here a lot more than he gives others, mainly mm-hmm. because, you know, obviously he feels like he's chatting to a few mates on the show. But... Um, you know, all in all, you don't get to see the guy yeah. um, in front of the camera. That's the actual person away from the camera. And you know what? Well, you, I've seen this actually as well. Uh, I've actually seen when he's done signings and stuff like that. When I've been at Sandown, you know, when you just sort of walk back, he he will he'll I don't know I don't want to say happily, but he'll oblige when it comes to signing autographs, taking photos and stuff like that. When it's outside of signing sessions, because the last thing you want to do when you're at work is have someone chuck a camera in your face or can I do this? Like he's good around fans. Like I've seen him do that in the years that I've done this. So it's really weird that this whole I don't know. You just need one bad intro, and all of a sudden it paints this really crappy oh. picture about it but mm. I'm glad to see that he's having a, an absolute ball over there but uh, Maddie, we better let you go because you know for one it is almost 11 o'clock where you are at the moment but so you're also on holiday so uh, we should let you get back to it my friend yeah thank you. hang on just two seconds Nimsy. yeah mate yeah yeah. No, another bottle of ver- yeah chuck the <laughs> bottle of verb that's fine take it to the chick in the corner yeah that one over there yeah that's alright yeah right on Nimsy. We'll, we'll, how about we check in next week eh, when I'm back in the studio throw another log on the fire mate <laughs> done I've, put, I've thrown another log on the gas fire done oh. perfect <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, calm down with that. We don't, we don't want any uh, Cam Waters at the, in the Darwin uh, sort of shenanigans happening there. In fact, boys, it, we, I'm, I'm hopefully I'll be back in the studio with you next week. I'm actually going fly fishing in the Waikato River tomorrow <laughs> afternoon. So if you don't hear back from me, I may have been sucked down the Waikato River. Sounds like fun. Fly fishing. <laughs> Who do we need to pay off for that to happen? Um, well, true. And you, you may even get some dodgy photos from Mrs. Mack with, you know, me and the green waders right up to my, right up to my hips or something while I'm trying to roll in a, a rainbow trout or something like that. It should be. It'll be a fun afternoon. Oh, oh, Hopefully I make hey, it well, back. I'll have to make the waders out of a curtain. <laughs> oh. 
actually, actually, com- oh, completely forgot. Before we before we let you go, Maddie. Before we let you go, uh, you were you were down at the racetrack. You might have seen it on our uh, driver's seat socials. Uh, we would have reshared it, but you were actually at the track Queensland. That uh, as I've I've, <laughs> I've dubbed it because I can't pronounce. Taupo? Taupo? Taupo. Taupo. No, yeah, no, 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 no. It's, uh, I love Quinlan. That's, that's <laughs> perfect, Nimsy. Uh, no, we've been told categorically by those around us here that if it is now called Topor. So if you toe imagine your big toe and your dog's paw, Topor. Uh, but yes, Mrs. Mack and I were down on Lake Topol having a uh, a quiet meal uh, today at lunchtime, and I I just thought, yeah, I wonder how far away the circuit is, and it was only ten minutes from the centre of town. So we um, we rolled out there. There was a uh, a Jetty Three Porsche having a run around. Hey, good facilities. I've never been to to that yeah. circuit before, but like everything that Tony touches, it's it's uh, it's pretty bloody good. So really good facilities. Circuit looks. A cross between a bit of a Taylor Bend and a little bit of an old school Oran Park. Um, I think spectator facilities will be really good. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think the biggest concern is going to be about accommodation and where everyone uh, everyone gets housed and also how you get into the place as well. So there's no major airport. There is an airport here, but not a major airport. So you'll be flying in on things with propellers rather than jets. But yeah, I, look, if, if, as we expect it to be announced as the next round in New Zealand, well, I think she's a bit of a winner. I think it could be a cracking little place to go for a race. Happy days. Well, mm. jump on our socials. At Driver's Seat Show is where you can find it. On the Facebook. And uh, you can check out that video that is up there now. But, Maddie, we'll let you go. And uh, safe tra- safe travels back to back to Oz. But enjoy the, uh, the brief bit of holiday you got because... I know that when the weekend comes around, Matt, you'll be uh, flat out like a lizard working hard. I will be indeed, boys. Thanks, uh, thanks for the call, and uh, I'll check in with you next week. Go the Matildas tonight. Hey, I haven't, I can't hear it over here. I'm going to jump onto SENNZ mm. in a minute. But has there been any scores yet? Yeah, England's yes. up. England's up. One nil, England. Oh. One nil England. Oh dear. Okay. Well, I'll jump off from you, blokes, and I'll jump onto SENNZ and I'll have a listen. Good stuff, buddy. Well, enjoy, enjoy the trip, mate, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks, boys. There we go. Maddie Mack joining us direct from NZ. We'll take a quick break. Back with more of the driver's seat straight after this. <laughs> Great to have your company here on the driver's seat for this week. Remember, you can get in touch with us anytime on our socials. At Driver's Seat Show is where to find us. On the Facebook. Or you can send a message in anytime you want on our Instagram and Twitter as well. Harry in Newcastle has gone and texted in. Hmm. Evening, lads. Is there an argument to be made that Shane should just put his head down and focus on the driving rather than the politics? The same for everyone. It seems like he could benefit from trying to get the best from the car and himself rather than walking away when it gets a bit tough. I'm a Red Bull fan, by the way, but I suppose all Pecano's scafe doesn't help. He's been way too defensive. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting yeah. from Harry. Yeah, it is. I mean, but but I don't think you want them to not say anything, Harry. I think, you know, we all, you know, if everyone just put their head down and drove, it'd be pretty stale and boring, you know. I mean, people want to know what's going on. People want to know the truth. Um and, you know, it's like nothing, no difference to football with coaches and their plays or players and their injuries or, you know, players and their off-field scandals, you know what I mean? Like yep. there's, everyone wants to talk about it um, because it creates interest. And 
that's what this is. You know, it's creating interest and, and a lot of people are agreeing with it because it's pretty much, I think, how they feel as well. Another one here, uh, Pete from Cranbourne again, fellas, one more. Any thoughts on Grove Racing contemplating switching to Camaros just to be competitive going forward? Wouldn't be good for Ford's presence in supercars, I'd guess. It'd be a remarkable thing to completely, I know all the chassis is the same and there's a lot of control parts, but it's a big, big job just to, you know, bin all the panels and it's not like you could just go one Mustang kit, please. Can you? Yeah, no, exactly. And I think, uh, you know, that is, that is a, quite a possibility too. You know, I mean, it would be no good for Ford at all. And I don't think any of it's Ford's fault. Um, and it would be no good for the category. Um, because I, I think that that just then shows what, what's actually happening now is a lot of the teams, a lot of the Ford teams are under a lot of pressure, not just from say Ford, uh, but they are under a lot of pressure from their sponsors. You know, Correct. the sponsors are asking questions going, what the hell is going on here? This is literally an embarrassment, um, you know, and it's not giving the, the sponsors any, uh, I guess, confidence to, to be able to, yeah, confidence and incentive yeah. to be able to go, right, let's spend some more money. You know, they're actually, they're actually cutting back. They're cutting back their, their sponsorships, you know, and, in, in this day and age where we need, you know, them to be pushing the, the envelope with their marketing budgets and, and, and giving teams more because it ain't getting any cheaper to race, Nimsy. And, uh, and I think that, you know, th that's where things are, are mismatched massively. And, and that's why teams like the Groves, you know, could possibly, you know, throw a bombshell and go, we're going to Camaros now because obviously the, um, the fix for this, uh, this category with getting the parity right is is not in our favour at the moment. No. So we're just going to jump into the other car yeah. and um, then we can go and hopefully win some races. Yeah, and hopefully we've and we've got partners to please. We've got people that have tipped the bucket in uh, to sort of. Imagine help if you did out. that, and then all of a sudden the table turned. And <laughs> I think it was the car. <laughs> you would you would be absolutely filthy. You would be spewing. You'd be absolutely ropeable. Uh, one more here to Kimbo from Bayswater checked in with us. Hi guys, what about Richie Stanaway? Haven't heard his name mentioned with all the possible driver moves. Do you reckon it's just because Richie's, uh, you know, been tarred with a bad brush? Quite possibly, mate. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a hard one, you know, but don't forget that the driver market's flooded at the moment too. You yeah. know, like you look at it, you know, um, when you've got guys like Scott Pye, Tommy Randall, you know what I mean? Uh, Nick on the Perkett, sideline, yeah. Nick Perkett on the sideline, you, you know, you, you've got, um, young guns on the wings, you know, whether that be, um, uh, Kyle Murray. Allen or, you know, there's Zach Best is there who's doing yeah. a great job. You know, I mean, there's, there's so many options at the moment for teams and there's, there's way more options in, in impressive drivers and driver lineups um, than there is in impressive seats, to be fair. Yeah, very much so. But uh, we'll do a bit of a deep dive in that. Also, there was some speed series that was happening uh, over the weekend. We'll touch on that in just a moment. But uh, also, just quickly before we get a break in, uh, the National Drag Racing Championship, 11 rounds across 2023. Uh, North Queensland's drag races set to take on a stack of travelling races at their home track of Springmount Raceway this weekend in the first Eastern Conference round of the new Aeroflow National Sportsman's Championship. They've also got, for the first time in five years anywhere in Australia, um, 
Spectators at Springmount can be seeing wheel standing performances from the hugely popular Aeroflow wheel standers. Have you ever seen a wheel standing car? I have actually seen a wheel standing car. I have seen one live, and it was it was scary to watch. Yeah, they, they look. I think the one that I looked at, it actually had like a half a clear bottom in the floor of the car. So when they're wheel standing, he can look through the floor, or she can look through the floor and uh, see where they're going. I mean, it's crazy. I've seen a wheel standing car go over the fence on on YouTube, but uh, I'm thinking, how does he know where to go? And all of a sudden, he doesn't. Over the fence it goes. There you go. Uh, So basically, Chelsea... Not saying that's what's going to happen. No, no, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen up there, but... It is, it is impressive. We've got two very impressive long-standing wheel-standard pilots in Chelsea Lay and the Nitro Sheriff, along with her younger sister, Shelby Lay in Misbehaven, and it's going to be part of a massive festival of drag Say racing. Say that again. Who was that second one? Uh, Shelby Lay in Misbehaven is what her right. car is called, or her okay. wheel-standard. Do you call them a car if it's a wheel-stander? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have yeah. to. Well, well, it's a car for half the time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the rest of it's when it's uh, perched up on its freaking hind legs. That'd be. Uh... <laughs> You're lucky you didn't trip up there with, uh, with the second uh, name there, Nimsy. You, you've been renowned for tripping up every now and then. Just a, just a bit of a Reese's uh, incident we might have had. <laughs> Uh, but the National Drag Racing Championship, you can head to nationaldragracing.com.au to find out more. Entries and tickets are on sale now. You're listening to The Driver's Seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. This is The Driver's Seat for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. One of the text message here uh, from Tom in Hobart. Has Zane Goddard fallen off the face of the earth? I'm surprised his name hasn't been thrown about in the silly season. It is strange, isn't it, that no one's... Has Zane thrown about into Triple Eight or because he's or, driving their wildcard car? Or I, I, guess in general? I guess as someone that, that you know could be a potential suitor for one of the many free seats that's going to come up. Yeah, as we said before, mate, there, there's actually a plethora of drivers at the moment that are that are sitting there that are well credentialed to do the job. So um, it's just going to come down to who fits the fits the make and model and 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 what the team wants to do and and all that the best. You know what I mean? So I think um, yeah, it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough decision for for the teams, and I guess we're just going to have to see how the main seats play out first. Who replaces? Will at Erebus, you know what I mean? Obviously, we know what's happening with Triple uh, Eight now, and yep. um, you know there's a couple of couple of big seats there that we're we're not sure of where some of the guys like Tommy Randall go. Who gets that other seat at BRT? Who yeah. you know what I mean? Like, there's so much to happen, and who is this mystery person that wants to get the other um, the two wrecks that are, the, the ticket apparently? Or the, yeah, exactly, or or, or one ting. or whatever it might be. So. Yeah, there's a lot of big questions that are going to be asked, and it always it, it it's just something about before the enduros. It's always that's the time when stuff sort of seems to come out. So we'll keep our ear to the ground about that one. Yep. But remember to rev up your smartphone with the driver's seat app. It's available in the app store. Quick wrap up of the speed series because uh, that happened at Queensland Raceway. You popped over for a cheeky little peek there at Ipswich there at uh, QR. Uh, from what I've from what I saw on the stand coverage. TQ, uh, Tony Quinn has done a tremendous job with rejuvenating Queensland Raceway. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was sensational. There was uh, there was music playing in the in the area near the cafeteria. You know, there was stuff on the grass for the kids to play with. You know, kids' toys, and there was a lot of people around, which was actually quite cool. There's a lot of cars parked around the whole circuit, and uh, 
it looked really, really good from where I was standing, and I was very impressed with how it was all put on. Yeah. Uh, so Will Brown capped off his return to the series by winning the final race and winning the round at Queensland Raceway. Uh, the Audi that he was in was easily the class of the field, led the way on Friday, got both Saturday poles and claimed the first and third race of the weekend. And even though he didn't win race two, he appeared on the podium third. Uh, Brad Harris is the bloke that got his name on the winner's list after holding off Aaron Cameron and Will Brown in race two at QR. Harris made his TCR debut round two at Phillip Island, made the most of the reverse top 10 pole to Karelim, a memorable victory. It's it's basically an HMO customer racing one, two, with just a point between Joshy Bucken and Bailey Sweeney and uh, Aaron Cameron third with the 32-point deficit. It's uh, it's getting close. And I think, uh, what is it, Joshy Bucken's is headed off uh, at the end of QR with the series lead. Yeah, now. literally so, one point between him and Bailey Sweeney. Mm, it's going to be very interesting to see where they where they end up. You know, obviously teammates. One's in the the newest car. One's in the older car. Um, like I, it's it's going to be fascinating to see and to see which car is going to be better at the track coming up. You know what I mean? So it's it's yeah, it's uh, good on Joshy. He's worked hard. He's dug deep, and you know he's really got the, uh, I guess, the consistent results now to show for because, you know, he is got that lead in the championship. Yeah, very much so. So congratulations there. In the supports, just quickly, Nash Morris made it three from three in the Porsche Michelin Sprint Challenge. Uh, he's driving for TechWorks Motorsport. He made his debut with the team at SMP um, a couple of months ago, uh, a while back there. In the Trans Am, Tom Heyman was unbeaten across the weekend, taking out races two, three, and four. But race one was red flagged because there was a fair few incidents on the uh, on the first lap. Yeah, yeah, there was a little incident at uh, at turn four and um, a little bit too much damage to a couple of the cars, which uh, not not too bad. One of them made it back out. The other one, they tried to get it back out for the next day, but it was actually a little bit twisted at the front end and the chassis, so they had to park that one for the rest of the weekend. But um, just you know, it was going to take way too long to get the car cars off the track and the track cleaned up to resume racing. So they ended up red flagging the race and, uh, and called it a non-event, which was a little bit disappointing. Yeah, very much so there, but uh, congratulations there to Tommy Heyman who um, managed to get the chocolates there. Uh, he's got the round honors. Elliot Barber took second ahead of series leader, James Moffat, who's extended his lead over Lockie Dalton, who's in P2, but uh, speed series action returns to Sandown Raceway on the 10th of September. So uh, jump on board and check that out out if you can. We'll quickly dive into the mailbag here on the driver's seat, but we'll do that next. Remember, if you want to get in touch with us, very easy to do so around the clock by jumping on our socials at driver's seat show is where you can find us on the Facebook. But if you'd like to send a message in tonight, we've got a about 15 or so minutes left in the program. You can text in 0433 98 11 16 is the number. Keep your text messages coming in. But we'll take a pause for the cause. Back with more of the driver's seat right after this. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. A condensed version of the driver's seat tonight because obviously the Matildas are playing against England. And uh, I just heard this just down the line for the Gold Coast. It's huge. Whoa! From Stevie J because Sam Kerr has scored a massive equaliser. The replay was just tremendous stuff. She's a superstar, that girl. Absolute cracker. Like, she ran probably, what, half the length of the field, Nimsy? Yeah. She belted that thing about five to ten metres out from the goal square and just slotted it straight into the back of the net. That 
other keeper, the English keeper, had no chance. It yeah. was a cracker. Absolutely no chance getting that one. But she took. there was two defenders running after her too. So, yes, we are finishing early. So you can swap it over to SCN afterwards and get the end tail end of the game uh, to tune in. And hopefully the Matildas can... Uh, work up on that. Oh, that was a replay. I hate how they don't, when it's like every time you see a replay, it's like was that a was that another goal or whatever. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, welcome back to the driver's seat. As always, we do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Uh, it comes occasionally that I remember. Hang on a second. We do have a Facebook inbox, and I do need to check it. So let's crack open the driver's seat mailbag one more time. Ladies and gentlemen, let's open up the old mailbag. Here we go. Uh, but you can get in touch with us around the clock on our socials at Drivers Seat Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. My apologies. I've even I've even set notifications now, Steve. So so people who send photos and you know well wishes and stuff like that uh, to us, and I just forget that it exists. But uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. This one's from Andrew Johnson, who wrote in with uh, this one. Hey guys, just saw this SVG interview from his truck race. He seemed so relaxed and happy to talk and actually enjoyed being there, unlike what he had been like this year. It's so refreshing to see. Yeah. We touched on that a little bit beforehand, didn't we, Steve? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we when you're happy, you can see the differences and uh and we're seeing that. We're we're not we're not we don't see that Shane Van Gisbergen here at the moment. And it's because he's not happy. You know, he's excited about his new venture over there and you know, it's gonna be interesting to see um, you know, what he's like when he comes back, you know. I mean I hope he still, you know, and he will. Like, he's a racer. He will race of course. Um, as hard as he possibly can to try to win this championship. He, You won't see him backing off, and, and the distraction is, ain't going to do anything to his driving, let me tell you. I'll tell you what, yeah, and and this is what this is what we sort of like to say. We sort of we sort of saw with Scott McLaughlin when he went to IndyCar. It just next levels it, and him doing well overseas just like I guarantee you right now, Brody Kostecki wouldn't have got such easy, not an easy looking, but his journey to get his first NASCAR start. Because I know he's been talking about that for two or three years, hasn't he? He's been really sort of pushing that. SVG sort of opened that door by saying, hey, look, I know that we're all the way down under, but we don't have like some Mickey Mouse, um, you know, local state sort of competition here. We're actually really gun drivers. So that's a pretty good one. Uh, Tim Blunden was at QR on the weekend. I wanted to share a few photos of the Bike Off Racing AU Falcon and the old Jim Beam car. And he says, hi, Stevie J. Good to see you today in passing at QR. Here's the AU and that Jim Beam car for you. Obviously, we're on radio, so I can't really show any photos, <laughs> but that's from Dick Sievert and Ollie with the big thumbs up. <laughs> I remember talking to... Uh, I remember talking to Tim at QR, so uh, yeah, it was very, very cool. <laughs> and here's one from David Ross, who gave us a bit of a fan review of the Speed Series at QR as well. When are ARG going to re- ARG going to realise they made a big mistake making Rice Bubbles their Mark Series? All you hear with TCR is snap, crackle, and pop. Thirteen cars in the race, and have seen three passes in the whole race. The only thing that kept me awake during it was watching to see if I had to change the number of passes. The swill had a gap from T3 to T4 for most of the race. The punters were leaving That's the track. turn three to turn four. Turn three. There we go. That's from... probably about, oh, probably a good 300 metres to 400 metres, I reckon. Where yep. would that be on, uh, say, like Sandown? Oh, from Sandown, I reckon. Would that be like probably... Danny Road? <laughs> Danny Nong Road to probably the second uh, the second last corner. Yeah, probably about that gap. Jesus. Oof. Yeah. Um, the punters were leaving the track in droves during the TCR race. Trans Am has great battle for the lead and 
and plenty of action. Porsche was good to watch. GT had some good racing on the Merck Audi Challenge Cup. The oldest supercars race was good to watch too. Be great if a few more cars would come out to play. The AU didn't have the legs to compete though. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it, it's what do they do with that? Because obviously you got the world. They're really sort of hedging their bets on the world TCR coming down, aren't they? They are. Yeah, they are. And, and you know, unfortunately, I don't, I don't like to be negative all the time, but, you know, they just, we're not the country for that style of car. Yeah. You know, I've said it before, you know, it's going to work overseas for sure. Um, you know, we are a Bogan country. We love our V8s. We love our Holdens and our Fords. And to be honest, it really doesn't matter. Give us rear wheel drive in a V8, yep. something that sounds good, and we're going to love it. Something that does nice sick burnouts and all that sort of thing. And, uh, uh, smoke shows, you don't see any of that in the, uh, in the TCR series. And that's just unfortunate. They're very cool cars. I love them. Oh yeah, of course. You know, a lot of our good mates like Joshy Buckland and that are in them. Yep. Tony D um, in that, in that little Honda Civic. It's, it's like, yep. they're, they're really, really cool. And I've, I've actually had a crack, uh, you know, and a hot lap. Our mate Luke King went and took me for a spin around yep. Sandown in the wet, which was, Tell you what, mate, I, I was touching cloth through a lot of that, uh, <laughs> that two minutes or so. But, um, but yeah. But it's just not going to happen here. I just don't think that the excitement is not with that. So, um, you know, and I just unfortunately don't think it's ever going to be. So uh, it's just one of those things that um, I think we're going to eventually see it fly by the wayside. We've seen it in the past before. We've had two litter cars here before. When there was big money too, you know, you've yeah. got the Brad Joneses, you've got the factory BMW teams, all that sort of stuff. And that was cool back in the day, but that dwindled out to the supercars again or the, or the Australian Touring Car Championship there. So um, I don't think you're going to see much difference with this. And I'd go as far as to sort of say like England have just scored, which is a bit of a shame. This is a, this is a cracker final. But yes, um, we, we've seen it too, Steve. Like there's a reason why Aussies – tune in to watch NASCAR, but we don't tune in to watch like DTM or something like that. Like mm. you're right. We like seeing fast cars, big, big sort of like big V8 engines, huge noise, burnouts, that kind of stuff. That's just the sort of, that's just what we're like. And you know, it is what it is, but uh, look, we'll take a quick break and wrap it all up here on the driver's seat. As always, we do it. Thanks to Kubota together. We are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. We'll wrap it all up next here on the driver's seat. <laughs> This is The Driver's Seat for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. And that about wraps up our edition of The Driver's Seat this week. It is uh, quick and sharp because, obviously, the soccer is on. And, unfortunately, it's funny, too, because so during the break, me and Stevie J, who probably, I reckon, between the both of us, maybe have watched 15 minutes of soccer in our lifetime, all of a sudden, we're soccer experts, Stevie. Yeah. Aren't we what? <laughs> Telling them what to do, where they need to defend. <laughs> But uh, yes, uh, we are giving uh, a bit of clear air to the Matildas. So uh, we will be back with a full-size show again, same time next week. So make sure you join us then. A big thank you to Bryce Fullwood for joining us. And Stevie J, good luck this weekend. Uh, are you in action in the TCM? Yes, yes we are in action with the TCM. And uh, drive through Johnson will be uh, be on standby as well. So, there you go. Uh, so we've got Toyota 86 down there. And um, hopefully... Uh, we're going to get some dry weather because I don't think it's going to be dry when I get down there. <laughs> Not at all. I don't think so. But uh, uh, yeah, we'll get the full wash up of what happens at Tail and Bend next week. Maddie Mack will join us back in the studio. Again, thank you to Bryce Forward for jumping on board. Thank you for everyone for all your messages throughout the evening because obviously it's a big night for Australian sport. But 
That's it from us. We'll see you next week on The Driver's Seat.